welcome to Stop, Hack, and Roll, a podcast about imagining death so much it feels more like a memory. I'm James. And I'm Brandon. Today we're talking about health systems, managing narrative drama, and our favorite mechanics for death. How do we start this episode? So here we are in 2017, uh, the not the second year of our show, but the second year in which our show has existed. So that's kind of a cool thing for us. And so we want to talk about uh, new beginnings, but instead we're going to talk about death. Yeah. Because I don't know how to turn new beginnings into an RPG topic. Well, yeah. I guess we could have done character creation. Yeah. <laughs> we could have done, or we could have done like, uh, I don't know. I think there's an interesting topic in here about re like rolling a second character in a campaign, like an ongoing campaign in which you've had a character die already. Okay, so maybe ma- so maybe, maybe that'll even be a follow up. Or next year. Yeah, yeah. At the beginning of each year, <laughs> we'll we'll just vary between those two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, you, so uh, so death takes care of one topic. The death of a year, the death of the first segment of our podcast, the first sort of chunk of our podcast. We did what 16 episodes and then we took a little bit of a break so we we that 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 section of our podcast that era of our podcast is dead and we've moved on into the new year 2017 and we're and we're coming back refreshed and sick actually so from our voices sound a little weird ashes of our uh, of our rss feed glory or for our current current rss RSS feed feed. uh like a podcast phoenix and so all right yeah off to, good off to a great start um, yeah uh, okay so what we are talking about today is talking about uh what we're talking about today is the mechanics that drive health and death because there's been tons of podcasts that talk all the time about character death and how to do it and we're going to touch upon that stuff but uh stop hack and roll we're about that kind of mechanical side of things so we want to really dive into a couple of mechanics from cool games that have really managed it in a really cool way. Yeah, and 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 with with, a, with an eye toward how could you pull those mechanics out and put them somewhere else, or bring them with you into a game you're creating, or tweak them to make them different. Um, Absolutely. I think just from an organizational standpoint, we should start a lot of these games on our list that we wanted to talk about are games where there is combat characters are under threat they're taking risks so death sort of makes sense um as repercussions of their actions uh toward the end i think we want you wanted to talk about some of the stuff that we've worked on um yeah and some of those games are games where death is not sort of an expected uh mechanic yeah i think that looking at whether death makes sense in your game or not is important there's an assumption i think in a lot of games that you need to have a health track and you need to have death because if you don't have HP, how do the, how do monsters hit you? Yeah. But maybe that doesn't matter, and so that's another thing that I want to kind of look at a little bit. Yeah, I was I was actually in in warming up for this. I was thinking a little bit about could you take all of the damage mechanics out of Dungeons and Dragons, and like what would that look like? You would still have combat. Um, and monsters would still be able to hit you, but obviously if you didn't have a health, like a health number, they wouldn't be able to reduce that. You wouldn't have character death. So what, like, what, what could you use to replace that? You could put in a narrative wound system mm-hmm. of some kind. Um, and actually, this is another thing that I'm going to talk about a little bit later in this. Um, but uh, I think there's a couple different things you could do, and I think some of these could even be sort of taken whole cloth and tossed mm-hmm, in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but so let's start on kind of just like a broad standpoint that we don't want to spend too much time on. Okay. Why death in games? Well, for one, uh, I can say it it um, it creates a... You, I think we've talked in the past about when you create a character, you spend a lot of time, you sort of pour your soul into that character a lot of times, uh, as long as it's a... No, yeah. Um, and, and so having character death 
or loss of narrative control of your character on the table, it it sets a level of risk. You're not going to just do whatever you feel like. You're going to be thinking about, should I take this action because it might result in damage to this thing that I love? Yeah, absolutely. It kind of sets stakes for the story. Yeah, and... That if you know your character is going to step out of this at the end of the day, and the GM keeps telling you about dangerous situations, then... What's the risk? Yeah, I mean, and, and I think there's definitely a there's a balance to be struck there because if you have a character who is a swashbuckling pirate, you don't like in a game where that character is is jumping between ships and fighting um, like pirates of the Caribbean zombies or whatever uh, undead pirates. You don't want those characters to not take action. So having like having death be too much of a threat. Would, like the obvious, if, if you're too scared of death, you're just going to sit at home and do nothing, which is not what you want from those kinds of role-playing characters. You do want them to go out and do things. You just want it to feel like an achievement because they risked a lot to gain a lot. Yeah, when you're thinking of like teenage superheroes, you don't want to go, oh, well, my character could get hurt or killed out there. I'm going to stay home and do my homework instead and see if I can get a job at Stark Industries. Yeah. Although I would say, like I would say that there's a good example where death as a narrative element rather than a mechanical element would be useful because almost all of those those sort of like young justice type sort of young superhero shows um and some games uh no, I'm not going to say that. Just all those types of young superhero shows, they usually have... So those characters go out and they do things and they risk death. And it's not like that. No one's, there's not really a lot of threat there. But there will usually be a story arc where someone gets hurt. And then they have to like overcome the mental, like their own, the character's um, newfound inhibitions toward taking risks. Absolutely. And I think that really pushes one of the big things that is useful for death in games is that it creates these pivotal emotional moments and these things that allow you to really take a look at your character and have your character take a look at their life and prioritize and have some scenes about prioritizing and things like that. But if you have, if you're playing Superman and Batman and you're playing with the rule set of dungeon crawl classics where you've got a group of five people going into a grinder that maybe one of them will come out of that's just it's a different feel of the game and so that, that the death mechanics i think push a lot of the genre of what you're playing yeah you want to make sure that the level of risk that the characters can make makes sense for the story you're telling to some extent all game the all of the games we play are about exploring concepts and getting outside of ourselves and so uh, in a way that, like, you as a person, like, most people in their lives aren't going to experience that moment of making a decision that will put them at extreme risk of death. And most of them will certainly will never experience death more than once. And so having a game that gives you the ability to pl like play with that decision of, is this thing worth... Is this, is this a task worth me doing? And... And and is it worth me risking everything to do? And is that is that something that this character I've created would do? Uh, is is certainly a uh, a thought exp experiment that most people I think probably don't go through in their lives. Um, at least not more than a couple times. And 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 then and character death from the point of view of the other other players if, if you're talking about something like your character dies not mine then that gives me as a player a way to think about how does this character i've created deal with the loss of someone that they knew which is yeah, something absolutely. that i think many more people deal with in their lives oh absolutely yeah i think everybody yeah uh deals with that at some point and so giving people a controlled environment that they're familiar with to deal with some of those emotions uh, is something that I think that it's another, it's a less um, promoted aspect of pen and paper gaming. And I mean, also just given the fact that most pen and paper games are 
essentially about combat, mm-hmm. it makes sense that death is going to be a part of that. And that's something that I think we're starting to move away from in some parts of the hobby, but we still have 5th edition coming out, which has, you know, 20 pages of background and things like that, and then 400 pages of how to kill somebody with different things. Uh, so, of course, death is going to be important in parts of the hobby that are really into that. Yeah. So what are the cons of death in games? I think the biggest one for me is players sitting on their hands for the rest of the session. Yeah. I hate this so much in games, that you have everything going well, things are happening, and then a player is dead, and they're sitting out. Yeah. Uh, same goes, actually, for board games. For yeah, I'm, it's, it's, I'm, I'm a big fan of the random table random rolls just like playing hard with the dice um and committing to those things but if that that thing that happens is that the bad guy kills you and now your character's gone and you don't have any get to have fun for the rest of the the session that's not as much fun as it is maybe the other way around where the silly parrot that you've carried around with you crits that the the final boss and you just have a weird story about how you made it there and then somebody's familiar killed something yeah this kind of ties in with the the poisoned chest problem that you have a team of adventurers and if you're playing something osr or even something that's just kind of a traditional sort of game and they open the poison chest and the poison chest happens to roll max damage and suddenly your cool thief that has fought a bunch of different enemies and done amazing cool things is dead yeah um and that's so boring yeah it's just so yeah i mean it's just so mind-numbingly uh, boring there was um um there was a dungeons and dragons actual play podcast i used to listen to a lot that had this exact problem where they all played like by the book if some if you rolled something and it happened it happened and there was no walking back from that and they had, mm-hmm. uh, they basically had a total party wipe bec- on a rant. Like they went to sleep one night, they forgot to set a watch, and then they were attacked by like just random monsters. And there wasn't anything to do with the story. They're, they they had a plot line they were going on, um, and they failed in that combat. And and like, I can see the argument that like they made the decision to not set a watch, and they made the decision to go out into the woods that they knew were dangerous, but sort of from a story standpoint we lost a bunch of cool stories and those players lost a bunch of cool characters and i'm not sure the podcast or the or the players of the story gained anything from holding true to this sort of like ultimate they just they botched some roles and a whole bunch of characters died yeah and i mean you can have that happen with a totally normal combat that's supposed to be nothing like, you go and, oh, there's a single kobold, and you're like, oh, we're going to catch that kobold because he stole something from us. And the kobold crits, mm-hmm. and crits again, and crits again. Yeah. And that can happen. I mean, statistically, you can roll. I have been present in a location when a d20 was rolled four times and got 20 four times in a row. Yeah. So it can happen, and that is so dumb. Like, it, it's just... Yeah. It doesn't improve the story. It doesn't build a story. Yeah, I mean, and and in this podcast, it, it there were there were of the two characters whoever survived from this party wipe, um, they went on to form another party with the same players, and then went through basically the same thing again, and Ugh. for the the one or two characters who survived the second time, like they had some interesting story things from the fact that they had just been with two groups of parties that had totally been just murdered in front of them and were starting to have mental problems and stuff dealing with the fact that everywhere they turn, all of their friends were dying. But in the, in this, in the terms of like a long-term campaign or for the, even the podcast, that's two interesting stories maybe at maximum out of right. 14, 20 or whatever characters there were and a couple different groups. And so it just it didn't feel like it was maybe worth it. Yeah, that is my feeling on that as well. Um, so what that means, though, is that kind of constrains death to big dramatic moments. And so the question that I would ask is, if we want to make player death meaningful, does everything need to be big dramatic moments? Yeah. And that might depend on genre. Yeah. 
And because certainly that same storyline where there's a couple characters that survive a couple total party deaths, that is meaningful if they've gone again up against the big enemy to do that. It's when they're in like a random encounter right. that that's just boring. And I think also just in terms of what kind of setting it is that makes a huge difference too. If you are superheroes, if you are fantasy heroes, which is essentially superheroes, mm -hmm. if you're big vampires and werewolves and stuff, then it's super boring for some random dude to just kill your character. Yeah, I think there's also, I want to say, I'm trying to think about how to phrase this. One of the topics we're going to get into later in the podcast is sort of just who like death is a narrative thing it is it is a mechanical thing in, in many things but it is something that happens in the story and even if you're just right. rolling dice mechanically it has a narrative effect and so that question of who should have narrative control over when death occurs is a big question i think that a bunch of different systems have answered differently um and absolutely and the problem that i see with just sort of rolling a die and, and abiding by that role and letting random things happen that kill characters is it means that the, the player didn't have that narrative control and the GM also didn't have narrative control. The dice had narrative control. And that, to me, feels like a problem. That, to me, doesn't feel like a problem. But that might be because I'm deeply ingrained in the play-to-find-out-what-happens PBTA yeah. mindset. Um, but I think also you've touched upon a thing there that there's the golden... Have you heard of the golden box? I don't think that I have. Okay, it's it's something I've heard on a couple of primarily, specifically D&D podcasts. It's an idea that what is on the player's sheet belongs to the player. And the, play, and the GM can't just reach in and change that. Hmm. So a lot of people get really upset, for example, when they fight a rust monster because it goes against the golden box. It means it takes away their cool stuff. People get upset when they have level drain. Uh, they'd rather have their character die than have level drain, because mm. that lowers their character. And for I think for a lot of players, death falls into that golden box territory also. They want to be big heroes, and they don't want the GM to decide that they die, or for the dice to decide that they die. Um, yeah, I can see that. I think a lot of D&D... Yeah, I think a lot of D&D players are willing to say, like, you know, oh, run, run, get out of here, I'll hold the pass, I'll give my life to protect you all. And that's an acceptable end. Yeah. But being crushed by a dragon because they failed their dexterity saving throw feels like it goes against the golden box. Yeah, which comes back to when you're going into a conflict, what are you risking, what are you willing to risk for the narrative at the, in this moment? And so, like, when you're in a random encounter, I think most people would say that they, they don't necessarily want to risk everything. But when you're up yeah. against the big boss who's who's been oppressing the countryside for a while, yeah, maybe that's the time to risk death. It almost makes me think of uh, the Dogs in the Vineyard-style system of setting stakes before yeah, a conflict. Yeah, yeah, a lot of A lot of places do that. Yeah, that's, that's just the one that I'm familiar with. Yeah. Although, actually, Dogs in the Vineyard also has a separate death mechanic. That's yeah. pretty cool. But yeah, a, and a lot we got of the to games, see close up. A lot of the games, <laughs> oh yeah, does it ever. Uh, I mean, that's that's a good example of we played a game and somebody messed up a couple rolls. And yeah. their character took all of the possible consequences and died in the first session. Yeah, it was first session. I mean, it was a meaningful fight in the first session. But uh, he rolled literally... He, he had to roll three dice, and if two of them were less than nine or less, then he would have survived, potentially. Yeah. And he rolled a ten, ten, and nine, and was dead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's nice. Period. So, Although, with those rules, you also get... I think this is actually another thing that you can use to make death meaningful, is you give space for last moments. It wasn't that his character was immediately dead. In D&D, &D, when your character fails their last saving throw, they're immediately dead, yeah. according to the rules. Yeah, that's that's an interesting mechanic. I um, that was one of the things because I go into every game trying to kill every character I play, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I always look for like what happens to the character when they die, like what how does that mechanic work? And we've been playing, we recently started playing an Urban Shadows game, and I've been playing this angel character, and. I noticed the interesting thing is that because every Urban Shadows character I think has a death move, is that true? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, and 
it's things that they get to do before they die. And so for this angel character, it's kind of like the, um, makes me think a lot of the, the death curse thing from Hera, the Dresden Files. That is exactly what it is. And the, the death move for my angel character is that everyone who is in the room witnesses their death and reascension into heaven, and they all gain a move. That is one of the moves yeah. that my character has. It's really cool. And so I just view, I mean, Urban Shadows, I just view as a uh, urban fantasy TV show. And I just see like this character dying and then the episode uh, ending. And then the next episode starting with someone like walking through like a dark street, considering this new power that they have. Yeah. Because they've they've gained something or they've lost something. Which 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 again touches shadows. on the, which, which again touches on the you want death to happen to your character in cool narrative moments. True. Yeah, you don't want the angel to be hit by a car randomly while crossing the street. <laughs> yeah, and then some schmuck NPC gets my cool like talk to God and heal people move. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Um. So, but yeah, so I think having that space for last moments can be really effective as well. Yeah. Um if it fits for the scene and for the situation and everything. So um, I wanted to talk to you about two different health mechanics before we get into sort of straight-up death mechanics. That That's good, because I don't have a whole lot on health mechanics, to be and, honest. And they're, they're two systems that do interesting things with health and death. And 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 they and the way they solve some of the problems that we talked about just now is really interesting. Yeah. And and okay. so the first one is 7C, second edition 7C, to be specific. Um, 7C, the second edition of 7C has a cool death spiral mechanic, which is really okay. interesting to me. And and then roughly, uh, for anyone who isn't familiar with second edition 7C, the way the death spiral works is you have a health track that is it's very much similar to any other sort of uh, like sort of D20 system. And as you take damage, you mark off boxes, and every third or fourth box or so is a dramatic wound. And when you cross the threshold into the next section of dramatic wounds, it triggers a new thing. So Okay. Like a penalty of some kind? It changes. And okay. so, although, I mean, it is true for everyone, but the first, like, the first dramatic wound effect is the same for everybody, but the, di the second dramatic wound effect is different. Okay, great. And so when you take your first dramatic wound, you gain a dice to whatever risk taking you do. Like seven C calls actions, like things that you do are risks. You risk something to achieve a goal. And so, okay, and, so, and just to restate, seven C is a swashbuckling piracy yes, game. Yes, sorry. So when your character first gets wounded, they're going to be extra cool, is what that sounds yes, like. Yes, the first thing that happens is they they like wipe the blood off their face and go, oh no, not today. And yes, pull out their amazing. other sword. Or they, they reveal they aren't left-handed, and now it's yeah. on. <laughs> um, so the second thing that happens when you hit your second tier of dramatic wounds as you're spiraling downward is enemies get two bonus dice for actions against you. So now okay. you're starting to slow down. Enemies are are they're pushing harder against you. They're they're rolling more dice. And, you, and, when, and you're still succeeding more. Because you still have that extra die. But so are they. But so are they. And then when you hit the third dramatic die, because you've taken more wounds, now your dice explode. So when you roll a 10, because it's a D10 system, you get to roll another D10 and add that to your total score. Because because at that point, you're so... Um, you're like, you've got those critical moments. Those yeah. huge it's your, your, moments your, of um, it. Your hero is like... They're on the deck of the ship. They've been they've been hit a couple times. They fought off bands of bad guys, and they've been stabbed. And they're holding their chet their side, and they're pushing through it. And now they're pulling off some crazy feats of, of of piracy in the sort of in the dramatic last moments of their of before they pass out, which is that's awesome. when you hit the fourth wound. Now your character goes down. Well, well, right. So so third wound is you are Nigga Montoya, yeah, uh, and you have two knives in yes, you, yes, and yes. you're coming forward. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and then fourth, 
fourth, I think at that point maybe you are Wesley. Yeah. And, yes. uh, because yeah. It, okay. like, that is a that is actually a perfect example because even though you are helpless is the is what they call that that state of being. You can still sort of do things. You have a f- sort of uh, hero points, which are your sort of currency that you can spend to do extra cool things. So while you can't take actions normally, you can if you spend hero points. But it also, you become a character that other characters can come in. Like, so the way that death works in 7C is that once you are helpless, you stop being able to take actions without having spent a hero point but if a villain wants to spend if the gm controlling a villain wants to spend points out of their danger pool which is sort of like their equivalent of the hero point system um okay they can declare they're killing you and then at the end of that turn that villain gets to kill your character but if any other character wants to step in and spend some hero points or spend some raises spend all their uh all their dice rolls for that that turn they can say no. I'm stepping in the way, and I'm gonna stand over his fallen body and protect and protect them. Oh, that's so cool, James. We need to. Play I know this we game. do. Um, and so <laughs> even though like it puts it puts your character at risk, um, but it's not like in Fate. We'll get. I'll talk about Fate next. Uh, spoilers. Um, like it doesn't cost once once you've once you've lost narrative control of your character, you that it it costs the GM nothing to kill your character um right but in this you you you've lost the ability to take action but you still have some like there is still narrative control over your character's life in the hands of players because other players can step in and protect you and then right whoever is willing to spend the points and is able to spend the points if they're in place and also once a player has stepped in and said no i'm protecting this player that no other villainous g no other villainous gm character can attempt to kill you until the character who is protecting you has also been made helpless. Okay, cool. Cool. So you can have that moment where you have a band of cool pirates together and one goes down and someone steps in to protect them and then that person goes down and then you and then you've got like the one last guy standing over a pile of his friends <laughs> trying to protect them uh until they go down. And so And then that's that's actually I think in a lot of ways a more a better story than a TPK also. Yeah. Because in a standard D&D thing, just like, oh, a character has fallen, and oh, we didn't get a chance to heal him, we were too busy. Yeah. As opposed to this, where it's like, no, I am protecting them. So, um, so I think it does two things. And the first is we were talking about the, the, the balance of death being too big of a threat, so that it no longer becomes worth the risk. And I think mm-hmm. that the death spiral, because like two out of the the four things are bonuses to your rolls, so there's a there's like there's an initial. Um, it helps you with the the push and pull of, I I've started to take damage. I should probably back off. But but because there's that other bonus there that you're looking at of exploding dice, uh, do you think maybe I should push through this damage? And even though enemies, yeah, I, I can take him still. Yeah, I, it's it's worth it because even if I start to take more damage, uh, I will I'll hit that exploding dice, and then maybe that will be will will be able to help me get back from all of this damage I've taken. Yeah, it'll be okay. I'll just come back with a cool. So so cool mechanically creating that... a system that gives you rewards at different pa- parts down this death spiral, uh, it helps balance out that risk. I like that. That's cool. It's a really interesting mechanical way yeah. to tackle that. And I think that's something that you could really easily pull out of this and put into whatever system you're doing, as long as you have, like, if you just, like Dungeons and Dragons, if you just set thresholds under, like, once you've taken five damage below your health, or once you're down to, like, whatever your, you have your maximum health, and then once you hit into the different strata, then you start to, like, get a bonus, and then enemies get a bonus, and then you get to roll an extra die, and then so on and so on. Yeah, so I'm thinking maybe uh, maybe at one dramatic wound you have plus two, at two dramatic wounds your enemies have plus two, plus uh, maybe plus one for the first one and plus two for the enemies, and then number three maybe roll at advantage. Something like that, yeah. And mm-hmm. then helpless. One of the things that I would do if I were gonna not take the system out of seven C but actually mess with it in seven C is yeah. They define dramatic wounds as 
just every fourth wound you take. Okay. And I think that if you wanted to split that up into a different system, so you have the wounds you take, but dramatic wounds are like specific dramatic attacks that you've failed to fend off. That would be interesting. Oh, like an exalted maybe. Style thing? Yeah, like if the enemy has put a lot into an attack, and they've just sort of like done their evil villainous monologue, and that's the attack that hits you. That would be an interesting yeah. way to do a dramatic move. That could be fun to, to alter that system. That might be an interesting thing to break apart more. Yeah, I really want to. I've only sort of just. I literally I opened my seven C book today. Finally, so I've only started dig, um, breaking through the surface of seven C. So I'm going to be talking about that more, probably in the future. Um, the other thing is, uh, wounds go away quickly. Uh, anytime your okay. character gets a breather, they get to basically erase all the wounds. But dramatic wounds stick around. Okay. So if you've been in battle also, I mean, this is the other way it, it does this. If you've been in battle and you've taken up to three dramatic wounds of damage, you get a breather. Now all your regular wounds go away, but you've kept all the dramatic wounds filled in. Well, now the next time you go into battle, there's no reason to hold back. You've got like 15 yeah, points of whatever. Go. You've got 10 points of regular wounds to take before you get any worse. Uh, this and is so, cool. I need to play yeah. this game. It, I think one of the things that I like about it is it says... So you have narrative control of your character. You get to choose what you do. But a system yeah. that just says you take X amount of damage and then you die... It takes some of that narrative control away because it, it makes that, that a very risky proposition. But but if you have those bonuses there, then it lets you it, it, it weakens that that loss of narrative control and it says it lets the character make the decision that, that I'm gonna take some risks that are a little riskier than maybe I would take normally because that fits the setting. And uh if I fail a little bit, eventually I'll get some bonuses and that'll help balance things out. And so it, it definitely it helps it feels like a very well balanced narrative control damage system to me. It also lets gives the players a chance to withdraw if they feel they yeah. need to. If you've got bonus dice and your dice explode, like it's much easier to get out of where you are and live to fight yeah. another day. Cowards die many yeah. deaths. So moving along, because we have a bunch of other games to talk about, uh, I want to talk about fate, yeah, we do. <laughs> which took me a long time to wrap my brain around. Because they pose, fate has stress tracks. You have a physical stress track and a mental stress track. And the right. way it works is when you take damage or when you take, when you, when you fail an opposed check or whatever it is, um, you take, you fill up your stress track and then you can choose to take consequences, which reduce the amount of damage coming into you. Because once you've filled up your stress, once, once your stress track is full, or you can no longer deal with taking more stress, you lose narrative control of your character. Okay. But the interesting thing about that is it's less like damage, and it's more like plot armor, like plot armor, the concept that people talk about okay. when, like when you watch TV shows, of, of main yeah. big main characters always have plot armor. And because it doesn't really correlate, like stress itself doesn't correlate to damage very well, because you can choose to take consequences instead to get rid of it. Okay. And I don't know. It's still it's still a complicated system to explain without really getting into the details of how fate works, which I don't think we really want to do today. But the interesting thing that I like about it and the thing that I wanted to focus on is as you take damage, you can take consequences instead, which reduce the amount of stress you're taking. And consequences are more aspects that are hanging out on your character sheet and there, there are things like if you take a big physical hit and you don't have enough stress to deal with it, so you have to take a consequence to reduce the stress, you can create you the consequences are, are aspects, and you would take a consequence like, I have a busted arm. Okay. Now you have a negative aspect sitting on your character sheet that enemies can use to do things against you and that will hinder you, but, I mean, fate's always a balanced system of bad things get you more fate points. So it's a thing you can use right. intentionally negatively against yourself to then get fate points to give you narrative control. Um, and the thing that I like about it is you, you never 
really get rid of them. Like major consequences, you can you can lessen them, and when you have time to sit down with like a healer, and you can swap them out for different aspects, but they can never go away entirely. So if you've taken like if you've been stabbed in the arm, you can maybe then after a while switch that out for a my arm is in a sling aspect but it'll only ever right. become like i have a i replaced my arm with a robot arm and so like that's <laughs> still like it becomes less right, negative well, it becomes a more like middling uh neither positive or it becomes a more neutral aspect but it's still there and that damage you took permanently changes your character right you could take if you if your character's leg was broken, you could change it eventually to, like, walks mm-hmm. with a limp or has a cane or something like that. And because it is a, there are physical and mental stress tracks, you can take things like, like, mm. the, the, the psychic damage you took might turn into a fear of intimacy. Boats. Or boats. Or, you know, both. <laughs> intimacy with boats. Ignore that's dumb. I don't know um, why I said that. And... And so it's an interesting way in which taking risks and doing things that are extreme affect your character. And even if you get out of that, that combat before you die, you still walk away with something that has changed you. Yeah. And I, that's yeah, cool. I it's like one of the things I like the best about the fate consequence system is that you're always building your character. Everything you do changes. Like if you go into combat with in in Dungeons and Dragons and you go down to like and and you go down, you take all your you got your character, your health is less yeah, than whatever. Two death yeah. saving throws through. Uh, eventually you yeah. go back to a healer, you regain all his health points and nothing has changed about you. Yeah, unless you play. Permanent character change. Yeah, unless you decide, "Oh yeah, my character lost his hand." Then it's not going to yeah. change it at all. And even then, there's probably not any actual change to yeah. the character. Like, I mean, we, we that's a, not a, a random tangent here, but like when we played, uh, we played a campaign of first edition 7C for a while, and we fought a dragon, yeah. and I took a lot of damage. My, my friend and I took both took a lot of damage from that dragon, and so we both just roleplayed of every time we saw a lizard getting totally freaked out and basically <laughs> running away from it. Uh, and th- but that was a social decision that we made as players, not a yeah. not a not one informed by a mechanic built into the system. Right. Yeah. Which sounds like fate. Yeah. Fate. And so I don't know how you would. I was trying to think about how you could do that in something like that doesn't use aspects, because obviously that's pretty unique to fate. But I was wondering if you couldn't say have a move in an apocalypse world game that was related to having taken a lot of damage or having taken exper- experienced a specific thing when you when you face something that's uh when you face something that nearly caused your death roll maybe plus things going on with the scenario yeah or like it would be another I could see this going a couple ways. Yeah, it's something I have to deal with more. I'm not as fluent in as role plus yeah. cool. Yeah, I mean it could be a, a an opportunity for your character to to expose themselves emotionally to another player. So why don't we get into actual character death? Actual because, character death sounds because, good. Because yeah, because 7C avoid gives a lot of player actions for you to avoid it, and in yeah, <laughs> the there's actually a whole section in in the Fate core book about character death where they basically say you once you've taken once you filled up your stress track you or track you can um the the gm gets to choose so like you just lose narrative control and basically they can kill yeah. your character but that that's kind of boring it's kind oh, of the I thing that, that we were talking I about <laughs> i hate that james hmm? i hate that james i hate the idea that death well okay boring. the way they explain it is kind of what we were talking about earlier which is that unless it's like the big moment and you're fighting the big bad guy then your like characters have they are they are ties into stories they are things you've spent time with and so if you just like have an npc who happens to have gotten a good shot off kill a character you just unless there's a good story reason for that death to have occurred 
you gain more by having the character have a near escape or get kidnapped or suffer some other consequence than just killing them. I can see that for some things, but I think it's more interesting to make death interesting. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually, uh, this actually transitions really nicely into Dungeon World. Okay, cool. Because um, my favorite move in Dungeon World is the death move. Uh, and so how it reads is, when you're dying, you catch a glimpse of what lies beyond the black gates of death's kingdom. Then roll, just roll, plus nothing. Yeah, death doesn't care how tough or cool you are. And so, first off, as soon as your character has zero hit points, you give a glimpse of what happens after death. And I think a good modification to this is to have the players describe Hmm. it. And so each player gets their own black gate. Yeah. So you might do like a, you know, a end of Lord of the Rings style thing and have silvery boats or it could be something hellish and horrible. Unless you have a fear of boats. Um unless you have a fear of boats or intimacy with boats. And so then on the 10 plus, uh you cheat death, you're in a bad spot but you're still alive. On a 7 to 9, death himself will offer you a bargain, take it and stabilize or refuse and pass beyond the black gates into whatever fate awaits you. And then on a six minus, your fate is sealed, you're marked as death's own, and you'll cross the threshold soon. The GM will tell you when. Mm-hmm. So that has everything I want in a character death thing, especially for a fantastical game, yeah. because it lets you describe this cool alternate realm. Maybe it, maybe your character who has like um, past NPC deaths in their history is able to say like, I can see my wife through the gate, and she's beckoning out to me. And then you make the roll, and then, like, even on a 10+, plus, if, if I had a player that rolled a 10+, plus and said, you know what, I'm going through the black gate, I'd let them. Because then you have this beautiful moment, and, like, on a 7-9, to nine, death might, death can offer all sorts of things. They could say, you have to do a quest for me, or I will take this thing from you. Um, I'm thinking of, um, uh, what is it called? It's Brandon Sanderson's epic fantasy series, Stormlight Archive. Um, there's a character who has no memory of his wife. Like, when he tries to, of his, uh, I think, possibly dead wife, it's not really clarified, but that would be such a great bargain for death to mm-hmm. offer. And it just adds so much potential death. There's so many stories of rangers coming to the edge of death and, like, losing their animal companion, or uh have someone having a sword whose ancestors speak to them through the sword and then that is now just a sword but it gives so much character choice in that and i just love it that is cool the thing i like uh, about it is that so it, it itself is a so like that keeping on my the same thing i've been talking about for everything else that role is broken down into who has narrative control because that's kind of how all apocalypse yeah. world uh type roles work moves work and if you roll really well you maintain narrative control of your character you've seen a thing you've seen death but you've cheated your way out of it and you kind of have control of whatever what you do on a seven to nine you split control of the narrative of your character's death with the with the gm you can choose to to, to die and walk away if the moment is right but otherwise the gm can offer you a bargain and the thing that i think is really interesting is with the last one is your it says your fate is sealed You've been marked as death's own, and you're going to die soon, but it's not necessarily in that moment. And yeah. so the GM... That's that's another and, favorite. And so, like, you can have cool things, like, the GM... Like, you you drop to zero health, you see death, you roll poorly, <laughs> and the GM says, all right, keep going, I'll tell you when you die, and lets you have your cool, like, you could finish out the fight, and then everyone's, like, high-fiving, and they're like, yeah, great, cool, we just did it, and then they look over, and you're like... Where's yeah, or you're, yeah, you're sitting on the ground against a tree, holding the wound in your chest, and then you die. Yeah, and theoretically, I don't think it says. It says soon, yeah. but that's up to GM discretion, I yeah. think. So you can have fun with yeah. that, you know? Like, there's just, that is, it's my favorite, it might be my favorite move in any PBTA mm-hmm. game. Uh, just because I think it's so interesting, it packs so much story into such an easy roll. Yeah, and 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 because it gives you an out if you roll well, 
it does do that the thing that sort of 7c second edition does which is if you're the reason that you can convince yourself to take risks with this character that you have is you think ah well if i die i get to make that roll i'll I'll probably roll well i'm pretty lucky and like two out of those three things are not that terrible and one of them the middle one of you roll seven to nine actually gives like gives you the option of maybe you get a quest or you get a bargain or you get something out of it so that's more story Mm -hmm. hook to to even find absolutely and also it allows you to even the even just the move itself allows you to introduce some new fiction that's always good if you have a character who uh all fantasy heroes are, are orphans of course if you have a character who lost someone a while back and isn't sure if they're alive or dead you the player can say i see them beyond the black gate yeah and then you know what has happened with that character and that you can reunite with them. And then you have yeah. a choice. Oh, I just love it so much. I, I, I want to play Dungeon World and play it brutally so I get to see this move a lot. So moving from kind of fantastical big adventures where you want this to be the prime awesome moments, I want to move to something that's like kind of just brutal and realistic. Uh, so Cartel, which is uh, by Marcus Truman, there's an Ashcan available. Uh, through drive through RPG. It is a game of uh, narco-fiction. And so you're playing characters in in and around the cartels that are just normal people that are, you know, like, that are selling drugs or trying to get away with different crimes and things like that. And so it's a pretty dark game. And it has a stress track that you can lower through of various activities uh but what but where death comes in much more is a move that is when you get uh when you get effing shot uh you roll and you add one for each true statement it's a handgun or other small weapon the shooter is an amateur or isn't really trying to kill you or you have cover body armor or a bodyguard so basically what this means if you are the big narco jefe and you are walking through a little town and you open a door and startle somebody and they happen to shoot you right then it doesn't matter that you are the protagonist it doesn't matter that you are the the quote-unquote hero of this story this event happened and so on a hit you live on a 10 plus it's a minor but heroic wound on a seven to nine you choose one and the shooter chooses one it's bloody, you'll die without immediate aid. It's messy, the wound, the wound will leave an impressive ugly scar. Or it's agonizingly painful, it's ongoing until you get, minus one ongoing until you get medical attention. And on a miss, you're dead. And the MC will tell you when you go. It's got that same structure of a 10 plus, you're okay, with some consequence. On a 7 to 9, it's brutally, brutally effective though. Like, you if you get it's bloody and it's agonizing you're gonna have a hard time getting out of any sort of situation even and so this really puts forward the idea of this game being pretty brutal it also means that if you like so in that scenario you explained the person who shoots you in that like you're the jefe you open a door someone just sort of reflexively shoots at you they're definitely not trying to kill you there it, it might it's probably yeah. a handgun and if you're hef, you know, a jefe you have a bodyguard or you have armor or something so you have a pretty good chance of surviving that but if you're in like actual yeah. gun combat where they have a big weapon they are trying to shoot you and you maybe have cover maybe you don't like every time someone shoots at you that's going to be a hard roll it is a deadly game and that's part of what makes it really really interesting um, of course, I also love that it has the add one for each true statement, which is a very uh, pasión de las pasiones way of doing things. Uh, but it just feels it feels like big present risk that isn't in a lot of other games. People talk about how there are games that are so brutal, and they talk about like Call of Cthulhu or something like that, that your character after seven sessions is bound to be destroyed. This is something that literally a single action can mean the death of your character with hmm. zero chance out. Yeah. And for a world that is that is like, you know, a 
dark situation, like narcofiction is not happy stories, that is that is such a good move for capturing that genre. Yeah, and it and I think that's a really interesting in a in a in comparison with the Seven C thing we talked about, which is in Seven C you're a swashbuckling pirate. You're supposed to be shooting at each yep. other all the time, and so it encourages oh, yeah. you to get a little damaged. But in Cartel, that's really, like that's it's getting into into like handgun combat or whatever is even uh, getting into gun combat is going to be very very risky, and so it's going to push you towards not trying to do that. And I think you could even transport this move to some other games and some other genres if you wanted to really darken the feel. Like, if you chain, if you changed it to, if you get stabbed, you've just changed Dungeon World into Game of yeah, Thrones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd be... And... <clears throat> yeah, Dungeon World, I was even thinking about just putting it into D&D. Just... <laughs> oh, anytime yeah, someone makes absolutely. An attack, anytime someone makes an attack, you... <laughs> is it a big weapon? Is it a small weapon? This. Are they an amateur? Yeah. Are they trying to kill you? And do you have armor? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, there's nothing that would prevent you from doing that. It would make a for a very different game. I don't think you could run a dungeon delving D and D game. That'd be so good though. With that rule, it would just be over so soon. But I think if you played like a Lies of Loch Lamora or Blades in the Dark style mm-hmm. game of being like thieves in a city, that could be just real good. Yeah. So did we? Yeah, both of these, both of these are two of my favorite moves that exist. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, th- those are kind of the moves that those are the things that I wanted to really bring up in terms of death moves because there, there's others. I mean, Grimworld takes the Black Gate from Dungeon World because it's a Dungeon World expansion, and it adds the death move kind of thing from Urban Shadows. Um, I'm not sure which of those came first. Um, the Warren, which is about being uh, bunny rabbits, uh, you get dramatically messed up. Uh, I mean, you get slowly messed up over time, and you choose when it is an appropriate moment for your character to die. Uh, So at this point, we have our own games Mm -hmm. that it might be worth touching upon real quick, and also a couple of questions from online, if if we think we have time for it. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I think I'm definitely more interested to see, because I don't know about your rules for death in Passion... Um, I don't imagine yeah. there's a whole ton of serious death in Luchador Eton. Yeah, my feeling was honestly no death in Luchador Eton unless the players say they want mm-hmm. to. Um, there really isn't a harm track. There's no HP yeah. in Luchador Eton. And it's a story of little mice being successful. Like, it is built for the characters to succeed over yeah. and over again. I don't know that it's necessary. Um... I would just leave that 100% in player mm-hmm. control. So why don't we just talk about Passion? Sounds good. Um, so Passion does not have a health track. And I've considered adding a stress track, but I'm kind of against it. It's something I'm mm-hmm. still playing with. Different versions, we'll see. Um, so what I was thinking I would do is do a little bit of copying of Cartel. Um, I'm maintaining the same question style. But I'm playing what this is very much beta. It's not even in my sheet yet. But when you face certain death, roll with the questions. Will you have to revenge yourself, and do you leave love behind? Uh, you'll also have your own playbook question, but chances are it won't fit. Uh, which is intentional, so that you're less likely to have that plus three. On a hit, you're presumed dead, but no body is found. On a seven to nine, you choose one. Uh, this list might grow and shrink, but you have amnesia, you have a new dashing scar, your personality changes dramatically, you now walk with a cane, you now wear an eye patch. And on a 6-, minus, you're in the hospital drifting in and out of a coma at your choice. So, death is not something that should come up much in Luchadora. I mean, uh, death is not something that I think should come up too much in Pasión de las Pasiones, just because I think it's less interesting than the telenovela kind of revolving doorway of character mm-hmm. death because in a telenovela if you're if a character dies and you haven't seen the body they're not dead yeah they're alive it's, yeah. it's superhero rules. it might be a couple of weeks but they're alive i wonder uh and even no go 
And even if you see the body, like, there can be a funeral, and there can be a body in the <laughs> casket, and it can be buried, and they're back. Yeah. I was, I was thinking, um, like, it sounds like you got some of this with, the, with, with what you have, but I wonder, that's all phrased like, you've taken damage, or you've taken harm because someone has done something to you. But is there yeah. a mechanic by which you could intentionally, like, drive off a cliff? Well, that sounds like facing okay. certain death. I guess it does. So, I mean, like, I don't know that it fits yeah. perfectly. Um, but if you're if you're do if, if you're doing it yourself, you likely will not have to revenge yeah. yourself. You will probably be leaving love behind. And if you're doing it yourself, you're probably able to use your playbook move question mm -hmm. as well, because you've probably set it up with some sort of big plot that yeah. you're doing. I would love to see some of those, <laughs> the um, some of those things like you have amnesia or a dashing scar or whatever, translate into yeah. you can reveal like change playbooks, like you reveal that you're a twin oh. and that's why you're the twin that has the scar or. <laughs> that could totally be. I got. I'm still working mm -hmm. on some stuff. I, I feel like I like the idea of having some moves that only come up almost like compendium classes for dungeon world but like some moves that can come up after situations but i don't want it to get too yeah, yeah. feature bloaty yeah it's interesting it's it's it makes dramatic i think i think the important thing with that is that it does the same thing that the dungeon world move does which is it's 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 a death mechanic so it makes deaths or it makes harm still dangerous but it also with all of those kind of interesting plot points, um, it adds ongoing plot and ongoing narrative. You have to deal with the fact that you have a cane, or you have you don't remember what happened to you, and that's an interesting story. Or you're you're scarred, and does the person who loved you still love you now that your face has been ruined? Yeah, and what I like about it also is you're presumed dead, but no body that's is my found. Favorite. At that point, the player could say, hey, uh, yeah, I'm actually dead this time. Mm -hmm. And could make a new character and choose a new playbook, and that's totally yeah. okay. <clears throat> and on a, six to on a six minus, if they're in the hospital, drifting in and out of a coma, and they want their character to, if they're done with that character, they can say, okay, my character's in a coma. I'm making a new character. Yeah. Or at least for the time being. Yeah, exactly, because they can bring them right back. Uh, so I think that really captures telenovela. I'm actually really excited about this move. So we also, before we recorded, about two hours before we recorded, we posted on Twitter um, at, uh, at Stop, Hack, and Roll, asking if anybody had any questions about death that they'd like us to answer about death and RPGs. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess about death is technically what I said, <laughs> but <laughs> for some reason everyone asked RPG yeah, I don't questions. Know, weird. So, yeah. Uh, so, first question, a uh, friend of the show, Rob Abrazado, asked, Oh, I want to hear opinions on resurrection. Does temporary death change drama, and do resurrection penalties make sense as consequences? I'm not, I'm not against a revolving door of death. I am against the resurrection hmm. spell. And the reason for that is that I think the resurrection spell is boring. Yeah. I've killed an enormous amount of goblins, therefore I can pluck you back from the dead by spending a diamond. Like, that's boring and cheap. You guys are big heroes. If they're going through a portal and finding the person and fighting back death themselves and pulling the person back into the world, that's super interesting and mm -hmm. dramatic and super yeah. cool. And if we're playing Dungeon World and a character dies and they die, they get that full, straight-up, completely dead thing, you can bet that there are still ways to get them back, but it's not going to be as easy as I was going to say, I thought you were saying you didn't like the concept of resurrection. You're just saying the way that spell works, where you just make a dice roll and yeah. boom, you're back. Yeah. yeah. I think... Resurrection's a quest. To specifically answer the question about resurrection penalties, I am not a fan of resurrection penalties. I like the fate system, where damage has ongoing consequences, <laughs> that change your character an aspect of pulled screaming from yeah the void. or or even in in D, &D I would much rather see something like 
uh, you lose a skill or you lose proficiency with the sword you were using or something and you pick up something else like especially if you even like to go with like a crazy D&D thing like you were fighting with a sword and someone grabs your sword from you and then runs you through and you're dead now maybe when you come back you lose proficiency with that but for some reason you have crossbow proficiency now and like what happened to you on the other side that you got this new proficiency and lost the other one um or like again like you have a different maybe you lost an arm uh and you've come back and you have a wooden arm now or something something that changes the way your character works and has ongoing repercussions that isn't a penalty i like the idea of going through and looking at what ability like what moves you have and saying like oh you used to have an ancestral sword that spoke to you and but now you have pulled away from where your ancestors are and now there's dark shadows that speak to you through it or now you can step from one shadow into another like something that's thematic and Mm -hmm. makes sense so thank you so much rob for sending in the question i hope that 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 our thoughts made sense and were coherent at this point (laughs) we're late into the recording and then we had another question sent in a familiar voice and friend of the show jeff stormer of party of one asks with gumshoe one-to-one, they have an interesting mechanic where death happens explicitly at the end or climax of a story. In one-to-one, you pile up problems, wounds, enemies, etc., then decide the PC's ultimate fate at the end. Thoughts on how you'd refit something like D&D or Dungeon World to do the same, or if it's even possible? Well, that sounds a So first off, it's definitely possible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anything is possible. It sounds a lot like <laughs> the Dungeon World move, where if you roll a six or less, your fate is sealed, you're going to die, but the GM gets to choose when. And so you could just choose for it to be at the end of the story. What if HP in D... I'm going to use Dungeon World because I, sure. I know and like it better. But D&D could actually work just as well for this. Uh, handle HP the same way as you normally do in one of those games. And when a character hits zero, instead of actually having them fall down and deal with consequences right away, just make a note of it. Then, in the final scene, if they get hit even once, you do the move when you Mm. get stabbed. Yeah. And then, you know, use those plus or minuses, and then you can roll right into the Black Gate move if you want to at that point. I might write this into a move before (laughs) we publish this, actually, that goes into the show notes. Um... But basically, I'd like to see a thing that it is when your character... Like, if your character gets hit at all, you could even just roll straight to Black yeah. Gate. And then the character dies in the big conflict instead of dying to the stupid goblin. I wonder if... I'm just thinking about Reflections by Jim McClure. Okay. And and, and hang with me here. Mass Effect 2. Um... <laughs> Okay. And, like, you do things through the story of Mass Effect 2, or in the same way that you sort of have actions and try to achieve goals to get dice for your pool at the end of Reflections. Um, and then before the big suicide mission, you roll with a bonus of whatever the things you've achieved or the bonuses you've gotten, the friends you've you've connected with. Um, and then that would would indicate in some way whether or not you were going to die at the end of the conflict. Okay, I could also see that. Yeah, so that's... Uh, I, well, that's. I think I have to spend some more time with Cartel. I want to play some uh, some Dungeon World, some some super brutal Dungeon World. We definitely... Yeah, let's play in hardcore. Definitely need to play some 7th Z. Uh, so yeah, so I think that, though, is our thoughts on health and death and some interesting systems and possibly how you can mix and match them. If you have some interesting thoughts on them, uh, let us know. Hit us up online. We are very easy to access on Twitter. Uh, the two of us are available as one podcast at Stop, Hack, and Roll. And I am contactable directly at Dr. Captain Cobalt. And I'm at End the Meltdowns. We have a website at www.stophackandroll.com. And we have a Facebook at facebook.com slash stophackandroll and a G plus that I don't pay enough attention to at 
something online, but stop hack and roll. Tumblr, technically, I think I've posted yeah. once, so don't do that. Um, uh, is there any other ways for people to contact us? Uh, DM me privately. I'll give you my home address. You can send me a letter. If you write a message on a piece of paper and draw a little bird on it, and then burn it in a brass tin, I will see it. Come to Connecticut and wander around. Uh, there's a two and couple thousand chance that you'll find us. So when you're staring through the black gates of Death's Kingdom, the description rolling from your tongue as you roll 2d6 unmodified, and you see two guys podcasting about death, don't forget to stop hack and roll. One second. James is currently chasing a cartoon mouse around his apartment. He has a hammer and is swinging at it. Oh, the mouse just electrocuted him. His skeleton is really visible, and there's lots of like yellow lines coming out of him, and he appears to be back. <laughs>